Well, good morning. How well do you listen? You know, following college, I spent a couple of years traveling around the U.S. Uh, with a music ministry team, uh, and we would stay in the homes of the churches that would host us. We'd do concerts, you know, in schools and, you know, malls, and wherever they wanted us to go, we would do that. And uh, in Spokane, Washington, I stayed in the home that had the oldest average age, I'm sure of it, because uh, there was a husband and wife, they were both 80 years old, and the guy's, the husband's father, who was 99, was living with them. His name was Oscar, I still remember it, Oscar. He's a very memorable guy. He had come to faith in Christ just a couple of years older. He kind of waited till he was like 97, like, I think I'm going to do this. You know, so it was really kind of a, a cool story, and you could tell that he really was excited about it. But like many of us, Oscar was still a work in progress because he had a, he had a listening problem. It, it wasn't that he was hard of hearing. His, his, his senses were really sharp, but he practiced listening selectively, so shall we say. And his, his uh, son and daughter-in-law, they, they teased him about it, and, and I saw it in, in, in play. Uh, for instance, one night we were sitting in, in, a, in the dining room, uh, in the living room, and um, Oscar was in his bedroom. The door was open. Just, I mean, it was just a few feet, and, and the wife said, Hey, Oscar, why don't you come help me set the table for dinner? So they wanted to keep him active and involved. Well, nothing. No response. Nothing. And about ten minutes later, the wife was in the, in the, in the kitchen, and she said, which was farther away, and said, hey, Oscar, dinner's ready. Boom. He was at the table in a heartbeat. You know, I guess you can, you know, you kind of earn that when you're 99 years old, I guess. But we all have a, a bit of a listening problem at times, don't we? That's why the Bible tells us in James that we are to be, what, slow to speak, uh, slow to anger, and quick to listen. Quick to listen. It doesn't come naturally to, to most of us. You know, choosing to choosing what we want to hear or, or ignoring what we don't want what we don't want to hear is is kind of a normal mo. Uh, or, or maybe you do it this. Maybe you've been in a situation, a conversation where you're talking to somebody, and it's clear that they're not listening. They're listening, but what they're doing is they're formulating their response. They're formulating their their argument. I've never done this. You can ask my wife just to confirm. I've never never done that. But it's frustrating, isn't it, when it happens? Because you 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 want to be understood. And you want to know that they're really genuinely listening. They're trying to, to understand. And increasingly in our world, it seems that there's way more talking than hearing. Or, or, or way more hearing words rather than seeking to understand as we listen. We're having this response. We're lining up our response in our heads. But listening, listening is, is a way to care. It's a way to show love. And it's a, it's a spiritual discipline. It's something that's emphasized in the scripture. We're, we're told to what? We are told to listen to God, to listen to the Holy Spirit, to listen to his word, to listen to godly counsel. We have to work at being quick to listen and slow to speak. In Luke 18, 35, we're going to get to the passage of read just a minute ago by Jennifer, but in Luke 18, 35, there's a story where Jesus listens. Uh, let, let's pick it up in uh, Luke 18, verse 35, just a few verses. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stops and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, 
receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. Jesus asked, what do you want me to do for you? Is it because Jesus didn't know the guy was blind? No, it was pretty obvious. But Jesus, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? It gives the man an opportunity to express his faith, doesn't it? I mean, what do you want me to do for you? That's a great question. I found it helpful. Sometimes in the middle of a conversation, and, and it's clear that, that we're, we're just not connecting. I'm getting frustrated. They're getting frustrated or, or, or something like that. And, and I don't always do this, but I've learned that sometimes it's simply the best thing to do is say, what do you want me to do for you? Because it, it gets to the point. It, it, it cuts to the chase. It gets through things. It doesn't mean I have to do what they tell me they want me to do, but sometimes that's not helpful or the right thing, but it does help to, to connect, to communicate, to, to, to listen well, to show that you want to understand where they're coming from. And listening is a powerful way for us to join in the ministry of Jesus. We, we kicked this off a few weeks ago, the sermon series, Bless. And remember what Jesus' mission, we, we established Jesus' mission was? It was to reach, to reach people who, who, who don't know God, who aren't walking with God, who are maybe far from him, or maybe disinterested. And, and, and then we are to help be a part of what God wants to do in their lives, to restore, to restore them to, to a relationship with God, to, to the abundant life that Jesus came to give, to the joy and the peace and the hope we have in him, and then to, to reproduce, to reproduce that mission in the lives of the people around us. And so today we're coming to, to the, the L from Bless, the, focusing on the, on the role of listening and how we can be a part of Jesus' mission. So here's the framework from a message. We're gonna, we're gonna, we want to listen to God on behalf of people, asking God, where have you sent me? Whom have you sent me to? How do you want me to pray for them? We looked at that last week, the importance of, of praying. How do you want me to bless them? We also want to listen to how God is at work in the lives of the people we meet. Remember we talked last week about how the Holy Spirit is constantly at work in our world, in our lives, but also in the lives of the people around us. So we ask, where is God at work in this person's life? And how can I come alongside and collaborate with the Holy Spirit? And we do this by, by listening well, by, by asking good questions, by, by expressing care and deepening our relationships. And that's what we see happening here in the passage read just a minute ago by Jennifer in Acts chapter 8. I'm going to read a few, of the, a few of the verses, not the whole passage again, but a few of them. And I want you to listen and see if you can pick up on a pattern that's happening here. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home, and seated in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, Do you understand what you're reading? He replied, How can I, unless someone guides me? He invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. You see a pattern here? There's a call and there's a response. God speaks. Philip responds. God leads. Philip gets in the chariot. God reveals. Philip sees an opportunity. 
You see, God is constantly at work preparing us to bless people. He calls, we are to respond. And one, one way we can think about this is how he prepares us, and we're going to see in the life of, this, this, uh, of Philip, is what are the experiences and struggles in your life that God will use to bless others? I mean, that, that's something I've seen in my own life. The, the things that I've experienced, God will use the experience. He won't waste any experience. He won't waste any pain. He'll redeem those things so that we can connect with others at some point. God prepares us to bless others. And, and that's what happens here with Philip. Well, let's look at Philip's background. The early church was rapidly growing and diversifying. It began with these uh, with the primarily Jewish believers, the disciples who were following Jesus. But it quickly began to explode and move into, into Gentiles in the Greek-speaking world. And so you had the Apostle Paul doing his, his, mission, his missions work, primarily, a lot of it to the, the Gentiles. Uh, you have the Acts, uh, Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit comes upon a variety of people. And Philip happened to be one of these Gentiles, these Greek-speaking Jews. And the church grew so much, in fact, that that uh, they couldn't keep up with everything, and so they appointed seven Greek-speaking individuals to kind of serve as, as deacons or, or pastoral care people with administration to take care of the, the, the growing church. And Philip was one of those. But his ministry was so impactful that over time he became known not as an administrator, not as somebody doing pastoral care, but as an evangelist. His, his name was Philip the Evangelist. Wouldn't that be a great name to carry around? Philip the Evangelist. And, and, and God used his background, his experiences, the, the language he spoke, the things he'd undergone as, as being really, at that point, a, a minority within the church to reach another man with a different background who was also an, an outsider. So God will prepare us to bless people around us if we simply are tuned in to the Spirit's leading. God calls, we respond. God leads, we go. God reveals, we see. We, we also see that God um, prepares people around us to be blessed by this. I mean, how is, uh, how, how is God connecting with others and encouraging to bless them? This is what God does here. He's preparing this, this man, this eunuch. Uh, he's obviously a spiritual seeker because he's reading the, he's reading the Old Testament, he's reading Isaiah, but he, he doesn't quite understand it. So he's, he's seeking, he's, 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 he's looking, he's searching. So God is preparing this man for this conversation that he's going to have with Philip. God whispers, Philip goes. God nudges, Philip responds. I mean, I kind of think of it like this way. Uh, you know, I grew up on a farm and we, we had a lot of cattle and we had horses. We raised horses and we had an arena. We'd break them and train them to, to work the cattle primarily. We did some shows, but it's primarily to work the cattle. They were working quarter horses. And one of the things I, I learned from my dad over the years is when you rake and train them, it's not just, you, you, you train them to the point where they just, they respond so quickly. A little nudge, a little bit of pressure with your heel and they know which way to go. That's all you need. You don't, when you see people yanking the reins around and kicking them really hard, that's a, that's a, poor, that's a poor horseman and it's a poorly trained horse. And so you, you, just, you get them to the point where you just a little bit of pressure, not, not, not even just a, just a little like a touch, a little nudge, and they would respond, turn this way, turn that way. You, you could ver, verbal, verbal commands as well, and they would just stop, slow down, speed up, whatever it might be. Well, that's how we're supposed to work in, 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 in lockstep with the Holy Spirit. As, as we follow the Holy Spirit, as we, as we seek the Holy Spirit's guidance, as we look for opportunities, and believing that God has prepared us for interactions with those around us, We'll feel a nudge, 
It'll be slight, maybe imperceptible at first, but we'll recognize it over time and we'll respond. We'll go that direction. We'll have that conversation. We'll reach out to that person. Next, God wants us to come alongside and be with people and discern where God is working by listening to them, which is what Philip did. He saw the Ethiopian eunuch reading the book. We don't even know his name. He sees him reading the book. He sees this as an opportunity. He comes alongside him. He gets into the chariot. He begins to ask questions, and he listens to him. And, and that's to be our role, too, to ask God, where are you already at work in this person's life, and what are the questions this person already has? How can I join you? How can I be a part of what you want to do in this person's life, Lord? And when we ask questions and we listen with care, we can focus on what God is doing and help them take the next step, which is what Philip does with this Ethiopian eunuch. And it's all orchestrated by God. You know, God has God-ordained conversations for it. That's one way I like to think about this. You know, you might get, a, you might get interrupted. You get a phone call. Somebody stops you on the street. I like to think of those as God-ordained, God-orchestrated interruptions where we can have a chance to, to recognize the person, to, to, to speak into their life, to listen to them, to identify with their, their hurts, their pains, their struggles, their doubts, their, whatever it might be, their questions. God-ordained conversations. We are simply called to, to hear, then to respond, to feel the nudge, and then to go. I want to invite Tom Christie to come forward. Uh, Tom's going to come and share. Uh, he's been a part of our church family for many years. I'm going to ask him to come and share about the, the impact that a, you know, a God-ordained conversation can have when we respond. Good morning. I, I, I've known for many, many years that um, listening is real important, and it's something that I value. But I have to confess, I'm just not, I'm not always good at it. I mean, there, at my best times, I leave a conversation with someone, and, and I, I just really feel satisfied. I feel like, you know, I, I, I did that well. I, I was a good listener. I, that person left the conversation feeling honored and, and valued, and, and, I, and I feel like I was, I was there to do that job, to listen, and I feel good about it. And I, and I, I just ran hot and cold. I, I have other times when I leave a conversation and I, and I think, oh, Tom, why didn't you just shut up? <laughs> You you really you really blew that one, and uh, uh, you, you needed to listen in, instead of, of talking so much. Um, I, I first encountered this really. Uh, I I can recall what, when I was first married. My my wife uh, Leanne, she in her, herself is a very good listener, and I had observed her listening to various people, um, and that's something that attracted me to her is that. She was so interested in in people, and uh, and she just had this gift for for being a good a good listener. Um, but when we were first married, you know, she needed me uh, to listen to her, and and I just wasn't 
wasn't good at it. We, we finally we went to a marriage retreat at one point, and they explained to me this dynamic that, um, that my wife needed to process through verbally what was happening in her life. And that was running up against um, my propensity to want to solve problems. She finally had to say, Tom, I, I don't need you to solve my problem. <laughs> I know you're an engineer, and that's what you've been trained to do. Um, I, just, I just need you to listen to me. Marriage retreat uh, challenged me that um, listening is, is something that I should, uh, I should take on as uh, something that's good and beautiful, a skill that I want to uh, excel at. Uh, I had to declare it. I just make a paradigm shift and say, you know, I want to do good at this. I want to, I, I want to enjoy uh, just being a listener. And that really helped me. Uh, you can ask my wife. Um, the other, another place that uh, I, I learned a lot about listening was uh, on the Alpha course. Um, for those of you who haven't been on the Alpha course, we'll, we'll have another one uh, hopefully in, in the... Uh, uh, after the first of the year here at First Covenant, but going through the training for this, they emphasized again and again our need uh, to listen to people who come and, and have questions about about faith. And they challenged us that sometimes, uh, sometimes by listening, we win the right to uh, to be heard. People may say they they talk, they talk. They talk, and then they say, what do you think? I remember being on a, uh, a, a, a transatlantic flight, Europe to the U.S. And as I got on the airplane, I said, uh, God, I, I hope you put me by somebody very interesting today. I was ready to listen. Sat down next to a, a young gal, and, uh, you, you know, right away she had a lot of questions for me. Um, where are you coming from? Africa. What did you do in Africa? And I explained to her about my work with the, uh, the hospital and the, and the church there. She asked a lot of questions, specifics. I mean, really grilling me. Finally, she says, uh, are you a Christian? I said, well, I, I felt so spirit-filled that day. I, I, Christian, Christian didn't even seem like an adequate description. I said, I, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a Jesus follower. Why do you ask? Well, it turns out she had a boyfriend who was a Christian, and they were coming into some, some she was not, she, and they were coming into some conflict over matters of faith, and so she had a lot of questions to ask me about that. It seems that my bona fides, she had gone through with those questions were enough that, that uh, she was, felt safe asking me questions about it. And, and, and then she got to the part where she had a lot of doubts and, and a lot of criticisms over the Christian faith. And she didn't want to tell me those. I said, well, why, 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 what, what's going on? I, I'd, I'd like to hear. She said, I, I think I would offend you with what I think about, about the Christian faith right now. And I said, no. No, you probably aren't thinking anything that I didn't think just a few years ago. Um, I, won't, I won't be offended. And she trusted me enough, and she told me what, what her doubts were and what her, her criticisms of faith were. And... Um, it felt, it felt pretty good, really. And then in the end, she said, what do you think? And I had the opportunity that day to, uh, 
tell her about the forgiveness and new life and joy that I had experienced in my life uh, through faith in, in Christ, through becoming a, a follower of, of Jesus and accepting his, his forgiveness into my life. It was a wonderful conversation. And uh, uh, in the end, I, I was really uh, thankful to God for putting me in that situation. And, and as I go through, what, what worked? What, why, why is that a, a special time? What, well, first of all, um, I was prepared beforehand. I asked God, what, who, do you want, who do you want me to talk to today? This is a long flight. Um, I was sincere you know, when she, had, when she said, uh, I think I might offend you, and I said, no, 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 um, I, I'm safe. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I'd, I'd like to hear it. If I, if I had been insincere, she would have detected that long ago. We wouldn't have even got to that point. Um, so I'm at my best when I sit down and I'm looking at that person and say, this is someone, uh, someone God loves, and I get to listen to them. That, that's when I'm at my best, when I'm cognizant of that. Also, if, if you know from my story, she'd been prepared beforehand. She'd have been having encounters with a Christian boyfriend. God was preparing that ground beforehand, and she needed someone to talk to about matters of faith at that time. You know, I had people like that in my life who sat and talked to me, um, and they were just links in a chain. They were like breadcrumbs that God used in my life to lead me uh, to himself. Um, so I'm thankful. I'm thankful that Doug's given us a sermon today about listening because I need that reminder constantly about how valuable that is. Uh, the chapter on listening in the blessed book, if you, if you haven't read it, um, just sit down and read it. You know, you could sit down as a family and just and just read that that chapter. It's just excellent and good reminders. Um, I hope that we at, at First Covenant could even be known for our ability to be good listeners. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. So who, who will you have the opportunity this coming week to, to bless by just simply listening, maybe asking some questions and, and, and really truly listening, not, not in a way to, to direct them a certain way or to correct them or to argue or to debate or dispute, but just to listen, to, to, to let them know that you love them, that God loves them, that, that, you, that you want to understand where they're coming from. To, to help you with that, this week we've included an insert uh, five H's of listening. If you, you know, maybe some of you are already doing this and you're pretty good at it, I'm sure. But just for me, it's really helpful to have some, some hooks to kind of hang things on. Uh, so just uh, some basic questions as you listen, as it's appropriate to, to maybe think through, like history. Tell me your, your story. Where'd you grow up? And so on. Heart. What's, what, what, what do you really care about the most? What, what are you, what's, what's your favorite this or that? Habits. Uh, what are you into? What do you like to do with your free time? Hurts. This is, this is a big one. How are you doing with this? How, how are you handling this? And then hope. What motivates you in life? Uh, what, what gives you 
gives you hope. And I, th- I think, and I believe that as we, as we practice this art of listening, as we look for God-ordained opportunities to, to listen and to share and to understand that, that God, will, God will use us to be a blessing to the people around us. Uh, remember last week we, uh, we challenged, laid out a challenge uh, to, to begin with prayer. Uh, if you weren't with us, I'll just reiterate, but to think of five specific people that God has laid upon your heart and then take five minutes a day and pray for those five people for the next five weeks. I encourage you to do that. If you haven't done that or you're, you're, I don't want you to feel guilty about it, just pick it up and wherever you're at and do that. But five people... Five minutes a day for five weeks, and then look as along with as you're praying, look for opportunities. Ask God, how can I, how can I listen? How can I engage? How can I ask questions and have a conversation with these people? Because I believe and know that you're at work in their lives as well. So let's 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 listen well. Let's let's expect God to work in us and through this as we hear His call and as we respond. Because this is really important stuff. It may sound basic, but this is really important stuff. I mean, there, there are people all around us that we care about who, aren't, who don't know the Lord. And so we need to be asking God to use us in the lives of those people to be a blessing. Because God sent people to do the same thing for us, didn't he? So let's do the same for them. Let's pray. Lord, we're grateful for your word. We thank you for, um, Father, the... The, the love uh, and the sacrifice you made for us through your son Jesus. Uh, we ask the Lord that your Holy Spirit would guide us and direct us, that, that we would truly seek to be intentional um, and responsive as we seek to be a blessing to people, as we seek to bless them with your love, as we seek to point them to the grace and the truth and the life that we can find in Jesus Christ. So, Lord, I pray for us that we would be faithful in prayer and that, Lord, we would be open and responsive and actively looking for opportunities to engage, to listen, to understand, to love, and to converse. We look forward to what you will do in us and through us, Lord, through your Holy Spirit. We ask this, Jesus. Amen.